Once my eyes were opened to the truth, I couldn't learn enough about the faith. But I had less free time than ever, especially with a long commute. That's when I discovered the real value of Catholic Audio. Listening to cassette tapes transformed my daily commute into a miniature retreat. And that's the beauty of Virgin Most Powerful Radio today. Since the podcasts are archived, you can listen anytime on our smartphone app. I know how listening to Catholic Audio can bring you closer to Christ and His Church. So I encourage you to visit the App Store or go to vmpr.org and download the app today. It just might change your life. I'm Matthew Arnold for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity. Holy Hour of Power. The month of January is dedicated to the holy name of Jesus. And today in the, in the, uh, in the New Rite is the feast day of St. Andre Bassett. I know Terry has a lot to say about him. And today in the Old Rite is the Feast of the Epiphany. Many people are doing the Epiphany Blessing. I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? I'm reporting for duty, and it's first Friday uh, to boot for the first as for well, the year yeah. as well. And I'm just glad to be here just you know, we're going to have to talk about some tough things that have gone on in the 2022 year in review. Uh, but you know what? Just remember, everybody, our, our belief is, and our faith is in Jesus Christ. No matter how many scandals we see, we worship this guy right here on the cross. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the God-man. And so I just want to encourage you to keep that in mind. Uh, Jess, I have some need-to-know file information. And I think this was a great news story. Texas virtually eliminated abortion two months after the Dobbs ruling, the data shows. Let's be honest with you. They saw almost a 0% of, they only had like three abortions for the entire state of what, 30 million people. Wow. And they did those three because it was a threat to the mother's life, according to the new statistics uh, that highlights the impact of allowing states to set abortion uh, nearly free 50 years ago. And I just want to thank uh, former President uh, Donald Trump, because we know, Jesse, he was instrumental in picking those Supreme Court uh, people to decide that case, because that would not have happened without him. So I just want to thank him personally for that. Also, Jesse, I've got another news story. <clears throat> More than 270 athletes suddenly had cardiac deaths in the U.S., uh, this is a peer review study. Epic Times has it. And we know that football player from last weekend who was tackling a player just suddenly had a cardiac arrest. Thanks be to God, he's in, he, sur- he survived it. He's in critical condition, but they think that he's going to recover. Uh, but guess what, Jesse? He was vaccinated also. So no surprise. And then the last thing I want to have a good-to-know file, hmm. Jesse, Paul Ingrich, he's written so much upon the uh, population exp- uh, de- deplosion, I should say. He in 1967. Yeah, he, he was a, he was a big lefty that yeah, started the whole 
Yeah. Yeah, started this whole revolution yeah. that the earth is too uh, crowded. Right. He yeah. predicted back in 67 that the global famine would begin the following decade. It would lead to nuclear war. He advocated, are you ready, folks? Does this sound familiar today? Putting sterilizing agents into drinking water and into staple foods to stop people from having children over a half a century ago. And he's still doing this. Just here's the difference, in my opinion. I'll get to it. That is, people's faith has gone down in 50 years. They're not practicing their, their Catholic faith as much now. And I think they're more open to almost any bit of garbage that we'll throw at you. And that's the problem. We need to build our faith up so that we won't be duped by these false prophets. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot who said, I think uh, G.K. Chesterton said, a man who believes in, oh, I, in, uh, in nothing will, will inevitably believe in anything. You got it. That's, and that's a secular mind right now, Terry. That's right. Because if a person is not grounded in the truth, that's which right. is a person, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Amen. Uh, the person is going to, <clears throat> as St. Paul tells Timothy, they're going to be uh, tossed around by every wind of doctrine tossed around by every wind of doctrine. And we also know that Paul told Timothy that many of the doctrines that people listen to are doctrines of demons. And so that that's exactly what we're up against right now. Uh, there's the battle for the mind. Exactly. That's, that's why St. Paul's always calling us to transform your mind, renew your mind, put on the mind of Christ. Uh, you know, uh, everything he talks about in the New Testament, it has to do in reference with the mind because he knows that that's where the battlefield is being played in the mind. Well said, Jesse. You got any more good no-file information? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I got one, Terry. Hit me. Hit me. Uh, Cardinal Joseph Zen, yep. one of the heroes of the Catholic Church today, <laughs> I mean, a true hero. Yes. He has said that he believes Pope Benedict XVI will be a powerful intercessor in heaven for the Catholic Church in China. As a member of the Chinese Church, he says, I am immensely grateful to Pope Benedict for, for things he has done yes. that he did not do for other churches, close quote. And I'm sure Cardinal Zen knows maybe some undercover things that Pope Benedict did. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, again, he's, uh, he's praising him right now. And again, I'll be honest with you, Terry. <clears throat> Church Militant last night, they did an, uh, an, an expose on Pope Benedict of one yep. hour. Yep. I saw it, it was uh, Michael Voris and uh, Brad Eli. Yeah, it's worth watching. I'm telling you, everybody should watch <laughs> the, that <laughs> that uh, that expose what they did because they exposed the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, they they did. It was kind of a, a tell all about mm -hmm. Pope Benedict. I'm certainly not canonizing him as saint, but I'm, I will say that again. If it wasn't for God's mercy, all of us would be going to hell. That's right. All of us, according to Psalm 130. Yep. Uh, if it wasn't for the Lord's mercy, you know, who, who would survive, who would live? None of us would make it. And Pope Benedict definitely had his flaws. But one of the things that we praise him for, and we did the last two days, was he left us a corpus of writings. His intellectual mind was second to none in the 20th century. That's right. Him and Fulton Sheen were in a league all by themselves. And, and, and that's going to help us despite... Despite Terry, and I will say, and I, and I agree with the, the guys from CM last night. Yeah, he prayed. Uh, uh, he prayed against the wolves that were presently in the Vatican when he became the Pope. Oh yeah. But what he prayed for, he actually succumbed to at the end of his life because he allowed the wolves to run him out of the Vatican. I can just imagine. Me and my wife were talking last night. Can you imagine the difference in the church? And remember, l like the church, like the culture. Can you imagine the difference in the culture and in the church had he been the, the Pope up until two nights ago? 
Yeah, well, just to back that up, there's an article in a blog on LifeSite News. Italian general, U.S. officials brag Benedict would be forced to resign weeks after the 2005 election. We'll have to hear more on that topic, but... Yeah, he said it. The wolves were after him. But you know what, Jesse? He knew that back in 1985 when he wrote the yep. Ratzinger Report because that was the first time where we realized, at least for me, uh, the dead wood inside the church and the evil people that were inside the church trying to destroy it from within. All right, anything else yeah. before we get to the gospel, Jess? Yeah, Terry, in, next week we'll probe into because there's a lot of good articles coming out yeah, I see now, that, that, now that he's passed away. Right. Uh, and, and so we'll be able to see like, who knows, maybe somebody's cracked the code. Yep. Uh, but there is again, Breitbart news also wrote a, a suggestion that yeah. Obama was behind the forced resignation of Pope Benedict. So we'll broach that next week as well, oh, be, sure. because there's an archbishop that actually said that. Yeah. Archbishop Negri actually said Obama was behind the forced resignation of Pope Benedict. So a lot of people, now that he's passed away, a lot of people are starting to talk about Especially, things that yeah. I wish we would have known, but Hey, uh, better late than never. Well, especially his secretary, the sixty-six-year-old. Yeah, he, yeah he's going to be talking. The new book well, that's coming me. out. The new book that's coming out. So it's we'll, a tell-all. It's a tell-all yeah, book. It is. It is. All right. Yeah. Well, Jess, let's get some soul food in us. If you're ready for that. First reading. I like that Perry. first reading. Yeah. I want to do the first reading oh, today good, at good. Holy Mass. Good. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Uh, a letter from the uh, a reading from the first uh, first letter of Saint John, chapter five and the following. Beloved. Who indeed is the victor over the world? But the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. <laughs> that makes you and me victors, Terry. Amen, brother. And anybody is, else that believes. It, it, this is a great reading. Keep going, yes. brother. This is the one who came through water and yeah. blood. The water and blood. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Not by water alone, but by water and blood. The Spirit is the one who testifies, and the Spirit is truth. So there are three that testify. The Spirit, that means the Holy Spirit. The water. That's baptism and the blood. That's the Eucharist. And the three are of one accord. We kind of see, we, we see there a little hint of the Trinity right there, mm. that there are three different sub, three different uh, accidents that can be one substance. You can see that there already, yeah. the Trinity in that verse. It says, if we accept human testimony, the testimony of God is surely greater. Now, the testimony of God is this, that he has testified on behalf of his son Whoever believes in the Son of God has this testimony within himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar by not believing the testimony God has given about his Son. Ooh, that's an entire indictment against Islam right there. Exactly. And Judaism. Exactly. And Judaism one in one fell swoop. And this is the testimony. God, and this is a reference to the Father. Yeah. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever possesses the Son has life. Whoever does not possess the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. You who believe in the name of the Son of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks. be to God. That last verse says it all. I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. You who believe in the name of the Son of God. In other words, we have confident assurance or we have moral certitude that if we believe in the Son of God and walk in obedience to his gospel, we will be saved. Here's the last thing I want to mention about this. Go longer, Jesse. This is this is really one of my favorite first readings at any Mass. That's why I encouraged you to talk on this. Continue, Jess. Cool. Yes, uh, again, 
this goes to show you that Jesus Christ is not a PS. He's not a postscript. He's not like a, an, he's not like a, an afterthought. Jesus Christ is essential to salvation. Amen. Jesus Christ is the very apex of salvation. Right. And this is why as Catholics, we have a missionary mandate to, to evangelize Jews and Muslims. Yeah, everyone. And, 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 and all people of goodwill. And I just say them because they reject the Trinity. They reject the divinity of Christ. Uh, they believe that they can, they can be saved apart from Christ. No, you can't. Jesus Christ is essential to salvation. He's not a postscript. He's not an afterthought. And this, uh, this uh, reading from today at Holy Mass makes it very clear. Whoever possesses the Son has life. And the, the Greek word is, uh, is, is for, for life is, is Zoe, eternal life. Whoever does not possess the Son does not have life. So when people are walking around saying, Oh yeah, you don't have to believe in Jesus and you can still go to heaven. That's not what John the Apostle said. Well said, and we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that, and also Fulton Sheen's segment, and then we'll come into the 2022 review. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. month of January is dedicated to the holy name of Jesus. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, come to our assistance. Jesus, help us. Jesus, we love you. The last words of Pope Benedict XVI before he passed away, he said, Jesus, I love you. By the way, this was witnessed by the nurse that was there attending at his bedside. This is a minute meditation from Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I am the bread of life. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and not die. John chapter 6 verses 48 to 50. Saint Catherine of Siena once said, How sad it is when those who have food before them, let themselves die of hunger. Take your food, the loving Lord Jesus, who was crucified for us. Dear Heavenly Father, let us never go hungry for spiritual food. Help us to receive your Son often, in Holy Communion, so that we may be brought together with you, in the union of the Holy Spirit. This has been a Minute Meditation from Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Terry Barber here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm encouraging people to support realestateforlife.org. They'll have a pro-life agent for you. California's laws for the family are really bad. If you have a young family and you can afford to get out of California, get out and make a new life somewhere where you're not going to have the repressive laws. For example, if your son wants to change his sex and you don't want that to happen, the school can take your child away from you. Yes, that's how bad it is, folks. That's why I'm encouraging you to go to realestateforlife.org. God bless you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, I'm talking some power preaching on the first reading of today's Mass. This is the epiphany, the manifestation of God to three kings. For our brothers and sisters from the Eastern Rites, they celebrate Christmas today. And I just want to give you another minute or two to finish up why, how important this reading is to give us direction in our life. You're talking about the first reading? Absolutely, the brother. The first reading. I just want to, again, the first reading you were talking about, how, how Jesus came through blood and water. You were just refreshing our minds on that and how yeah. salvation comes through no one else but Jesus Christ. To me, that is needing to be uh, presented because I know we've had Dominus Jesus, you know, 22 years ago the uniqueness of the Catholic faith. But do we really believe what that gospel, that reading from the Bible said? Because I'm wondering certain people in our church, whether they really believe that we have this uniqueness with Jesus Christ, or is he just some other, you know, teacher? See, I, I just feel like I'm, from what I see, yeah. this is that, important to preach. That was, that was answered to, uh, for us at the Council of Nicaea. Absolutely. When you read the second paragraph, where it talks about Christ, because that was the debate. It was about who Jesus Christ was right. in Nicaea. Right. The second paragraph says, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, yep. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, when in being with the Father, through, through him all things were made. For us men in our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. That's New Testament Christology exactly. right there. But notice twice in the Nicene Creed, it says that, that our Lord Jesus Christ is begotten, begotten. Yeah. What does that mean? The word begotten doesn't mean that you were sired by a father. That's what a lot of people think. Yeah. That's why the Mormons say God the Father sired Jesus through, through copulation with Mary. That's Mormonism. And that's what the cults teach because they, they read the word begotten and they think it means fathered. The word begotten is a Greek word, which monogenos, which means that Jesus is unique. He's one of a kind. There's nobody like him. It has nothing to do with physical generation. It has nothing to do with physical siring. And so, uh, again, who testifies that, uh, that uh, Jesus Christ is the Son of God? The Bible says today that the Holy Spirit testifies he's the Son of God. And also what testifies that he's the Son of God is our baptism yeah. and the Holy Eucharist. Because in baptism, we become part of the mystical body of Christ. In the Eucharist, we are fed by the literal body of Christ. And so these are the three witnesses that testify that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Son of God. And, 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 this is, uh, and he's the only way of salvation. Well said. Let's bring in the smartest guy into the room. Full Sheen ahead. And this is appropriate because this is the epiphany. Here's what Bishop Sheen says. Because he's born in a cave, we're talking about Jesus, all who wish to see him must be bent. They must stoop. The stoop is a mark of humility. The proud refuse to stoop. Therefore, they miss divinity. Yep. Those, however, who are willing to risk bending their egos to go into the cave, find that they are not in a cave at all, but they are in a universe where sits a babe on his mother's lap, the babe who made the world. Jesse, I thought that was appropriate for Epiphany's Feast today. And again, humility, humility, humility. Why is the world rejecting Christ? Because they want to be their own God. That's my take, Jess. That's right, Terry. What, what we're trying to do here, we're trying to put the spotlight of, of truth upon a culture of relativism. Yes. And Jesus Christ is that truth. Amen. That every Catholic, 
I'll tell you the problems with the world right now because we're going to get into an article that lays yeah. out a lot of this. Sure. The problems with the world are individuals and nations have rejected the kingship of Christ. Amen. You nailed it. Yeah, that's uh, that. What this uh, one of the popes about a hundred years ago wrote, wrote the document on the on the social kingship. Nineteen twenty five, and uh, he says that's a problem. Paragraph one. That's a problem with the entire world, is that men have thrust out and nations have thrust out Jesus Christ as King of their hearts. Right. And that's that's why the whole plan of Catholicism, what is evangelization? It is essentially bringing in. Christ, the social kingship of Christ into all nations and individually into every human heart. And that's quite a task, but that's the task of the Catholic Church, according to the last code of the new code of canon law. Yep. I think it's 1752. Yep, yep, yeah. right. Spot on. Well, let's, let's, let's get into this uh, document that we, here's what it says. It's um, a, a civil war in the Catholic Church and a shooting war in Europe reveals an unprecedented ideological confrontation a 2022 year in review. Yeah, I want to go jump right into the the paragraph where it talks about this. The, it's a it's worth reading this entire article. Yeah, it just takes it's it got, it talks about politics and the church, and it kind of weaves in and out the problems. Basically, uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 globalists or the Great Reset. Uh, or the deep state and the deep church. That's what it is. It's an article on the deep state and the deep church. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to go right to the German synodal path since we're Catholics. That's, that's what's more important for us. Yes. It says, the so-called German synodal path was established in 2019. Although ostensibly created to be a, cons- a consultative body of laity and clergy, it has become an estates general for the Catholic church. It is moving full speed ahead here it is, to change Catholic doctrine on sexuality. That's right. That's exactly what they're working on right now. The family, female clergy, yep. and many others. Yep. Archbishop Dermot Farrell of Dublin, Ireland, declared in a sermon that thanks to Pope Francis and the German Synodal Path, radical change is coming in the church. Close quote. And then this liberal uh, bishop from Ireland said the following, we need... To open and notice every time I, I quote liberals, I soften my voice because most of them are homosexuals. Yeah, that's why I do that. When people say, "How come just when he talk, when he quotes a liberal on radio, he softens his voice?" Because that's the way they talk. Yeah. He, he, we need to open up a new chapter in the history of the Catholic Church in Ireland. Pope Francis says, says Archbishop Dermot Farrell, Pope Francis is offering us a way of being church. The synodal pathway of walking together more closely and being a church that is hope-filled despite many challenges, close quote. Yep. Go ahead, Terry. Well, listen to say this. The Bishop's Conference, Bishop George Basing, spoke a line that seems to summarize the purpose of the synodal path. He said this, the German church wants to remain Catholic, he said, but we want to be Catholic in a different way. See what I'm saying, Jesse? They want the church changed. They want to be able to say, everybody does their own thing. We're just going to call everybody Catholic. Who cares about unity? We have our way. You have your way. Get a lot, Get over it. This is why this is wrong. Yeah. Let me uh, ju- grab something else in the synodal. Let me jump. There, there's a couple of things that I underlined in this paragraph from the synodal path that are re- not the whole article. It's just relevant. Yeah. Let me jump around. Here, yeah. here's, here's one Okay. Uh, where it says, 
Cardinal Marx even declared that Catholics can doubt Catholic teachings on morals. See, there you go. Here's what Cardinal Heretic Marx said. He said this. The catechism is not set in stone. One may doubt what it says, said Cardinal Marx. What's consistent with it? Doubt, doubt, doubt. Yeah, here's another. Yeah, which comes from Satan. Yep. Here's another man of the left. Okay. Mm -hmm. He says, Thomas Sternbert. He says this. He said that the real goal of the synodal path is to put pressure on the church to change her teachings, admitting that it that it has advanced much more successfully than I thought. Here's another thing that jumps out that's interesting. On April, more than 70 bishops from around the world, including four cardinals, signed a fraternal open letter to the bishops of Germany, warning of our growing concern about the nature of the entire German synodal path. Yep. So this, is, this is a good... These are the good guys. Good guys. Strickland was one of them. Yeah, yeah. It, the bishops, 52 from the United States, claimed that the synodal path is creating confusion and may even lead to a schism. I believe it will. And here's one of the great bishops from the U.S. that actually that signed it. Archbishop Samuel Aquila of Denver, Colorado. Here's what he said. This is great. He wrote his own personal critique in which he claimed that the synodal path challenges and in some instances repudiates the deposit of faith. And Jesse, I got to jump in and say something about the deposit of faith. I can't say who because I don't want to bring about persecution on this person. But um, let's just say he's a high official in the church, told me personally that uh, his superior told him to knock it off when he comes talking about the deposit of faith, because there is no deposit of faith. That's how bad it is, Jesse. These are high officials in the Vatican. If they don't believe there's a deposit of faith, what faith do they have, Jesse? None. Well, they, yeah, they have. Yeah, the faith that they call it, they call it liberation theology. They call it modernism. Yeah, they, it ain't what I got. Yeah, yeah they, they got it. They, they got what's called, they'll say, we got the spirit of Vatican too. They'll use all kinds of descriptions to, to talk about their their fake Catholic, their fake Catholicism, really. Yep. Here's something else that jumps out in this section on the synodal path. Cardinal Gerhard Mueller denounced the synodal path in numerous interviews and articles. Cardinal Raymond Burke stated that it is up to Pope Francis to correct heretical bishops. Spot on. I agree. He says, if they do not renounce their errors and correct themselves, then he would have to remove them from office. <laughs> but uh, here's my here's my that ain't gonna don't, happen. don't hold your breath. Yeah. And, and Jesse, this is what happens with weak leadership. Yes. See, and this is just it goes right back down to a father and a son. Yes. Uh, you know, if your son is sinning and you don't say anything to him, do you really love him? No. Well, Terry, Pope Francis is a weak leader when it comes to the modernists, but he's strong as a pit bull. When it comes to the traditional Catholic, yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah, that's, no, that's a uh, fact. He comes down like with you know with 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 a, with, with a gavel, you know, like a yeah. judge's gavel, hard mm-hmm. on traditional Catholics. But when it comes to modernists, he, he's he's silent about their heresies or open heresies. Cardinal Malcolm Ranjinth of Colombo, Sri oh, yeah. Lanka, yeah. he said, "quote that he cannot accept the German synodal path." Close quote, mm-hmm. even. Man of the left, Cardinal Walter Casper, a noted progressive, yeah, he is. called the synodal path an <clears throat> attempted coup. Yes, it is. And that it risked breaking its own neck. I never thought I'd agree with him. <laughs> and again, no public condemnation of the synodal path was published, nor did Pope Francis yeah. 
or Cardinal Paroline no, has right, expressed any, any public displeasure right. with its many public and notorious heresies against Catholic morals. And, and yep. Jesse, this is the challenge we're facing. And see, in spite of scandal, we're still called to evangelize. In our last segment, we're going to talk about mm -hmm. what we call the kingship of Christ. Yes. Are you kidding? Because, you know what? We can't let these weak leaders get in the way of our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, Jesse, the, the other thing that really hit me is the uh, Vatican in Rome summarized a tippet opposition mixed with a tacit approval in July. Remember in the summer, the Vatican issued a statement declaring that the synodal prophet in Germany does not have the power to compel bishops and the faithful to adapt new forms of government, new orientations of doctrine and morals. The German bishops must clarify this as it would not be permissible to introduce new office structures or doctrines in the diocese without the approval of the universal church. Well, you know, talk is cheap. The supply exceeds the demand. When we come back from our break, we'll talk more about uh, the crisis in the Catholic Church and how you and I, through our prayers and sacrifices, can help Holy Mother the Church turn this thing around. Because you know what, folks? The Catholic Church has the answer. No one else does. Nope, it's not your government. The bigger the government, the smaller the citizens. Yep. We have our faith in Jesus Christ. We'll be right back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Terry Rodriguez, I'm a monthly donor here in Phoenix, Arizona. Retired Phoenix cop, and I've met Jesse before, and I just want to tell you guys were on fire yesterday on the Terry and Jesse show. You guys were on fire. I went to bed thinking, that, man, what an unwinnable war, but when I got up, I listened to you guys. You know, you guys are doing good work, man, doing God's work, and keep doing it. I know it gets exhausting sometimes, but there's people out here that really need the inspiration and evangelization that you guys are giving us. So my best to you, and I'm a, uh, Eddie Rodriguez, I'm a monthly donor and proud of it. Jesse, remind people about your brother coming to our chapel in a couple of weeks. We have an evangelization oh, yeah, you, uh, conference. On the yeah, you guys don't want to miss this uh, this evangelization. This is the very essence of the gospel, and this is the very essence of what Christ has commissioned lay people to do. There's no better evangelist that I know of than Terry right. Barber <laughs> and my brother Johnny oh. Romero. They put feet to their faith. They walk the walk and they talk the talk. If you want to hear some of the most inspirational stories and the proper theology of evangelization, this is a conference you want to go to. Both of these men together brought in hundreds and not thousands of people back into the Catholic Church because they understand the clear mandate that was given to them through their baptism and confirmation by the Lord Jesus Christ. So you want to go to this evangelization conference at the Sacred Heart Chapel. What date, Terry? 14th of January, all day Saturday, we have mass confessions. Go to vmpr.org to register or call 877-526-2151. Terry Barber here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm encouraging people to support realestateforlife.org. They'll have a pro-life agent for you. California's laws for the family are really bad. 
If you have a young family and you can afford to get out of California, get out and make a new life somewhere where you're not going to have the repressive laws. For example, if your son wants to change his sex and you don't want that to happen, the school can take your child away from you. Yes, that's how bad it is, folks. That's why I'm encouraging you to go to realestateforlife.org. God bless you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Hit it, Jesse. Hey, we're back. Yeah. Just uh, on the need to know file before we continue this uh, this topic. Yeah. Uh, Facebook has lost $750 billion in value ever <laughs> since it got rid of Donald Trump. Wow. So, uh, yeah, Facebook is uh, is is teetering is uh, financially, and it's because they got a lot of views and hits when Donald Trump was president, but after they canceled him, they've lost $750 billion. So uh, I guess uh, Trump is good for, for, the, for the left, Harry. Well, let me they, just they ask you, let me just throw one thing in. I know this is not political, but I'll just say it. Four years ago when we were cooking... We everybody had the economy. Inflation was low. People were at work. We had the best economy in the last fifty years. I just want to. It's almost like we can't remember that time because right now it seems like we've had high inflation for these two years. It seems like forever. Mm-hmm. But I just want to remind people that that there was a time when everybody was working and there was. Um, uh, we're paying it, two bucks for it, gas. Yeah, because we had our energy t- handled. We weren't going to beg uh, uh, Russia for our, our enemies. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, let's continue on the topic, Jess. Yeah, LGBT revolution in the church, in the Catholic Church, led by Pope Francis, made a great leap forward in 2022. In January, he wrote a handwritten letter to Sister Jean, Janine Gramic, the co-founder of New Ways Ministry, and one of the movement's most important leaders to normalize homosexuality in the church. Time out, Jesse. Pope Benedict, in, uh, I should say, Pope John Paul II in the 90s, Condemned New Way's ministry, saying it was it was it was not in conformity with the gospel. So you know which is it? You see, this is the challenge we're having. It's almost like uh, we're going to go through this. Say, come on, we, we're we're like redoing. We're we're tearing the church apart by saying things that were right are no longer right. Whether okay, it's, I'm going to uh, uh, here's something me, popular. Jess. I'm going to say, say Pope it. Francis ha- is undoing and has undone right. things that the two prior popes have set yeah. in place, like. Cancel McCarrick. What does Pope Francis do? Resurrect McCarrick. Yep. What does the, the prior popes do? Cancel Sister Jeanine Gramic. What does Pope Francis do? Resurrect Sister hey, Jeanine Gramic. And also the Mass. What about the extraordinary form? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Both both prior popes resurrected the Latin Mass. Yeah. What does this pope do? It. He's trying to crush it. Yeah. As we're speaking right now. Yeah. Uh, the article says. I'm thinking of your Pope Francis wrote this to Sister Jeanine Gramic. I'm thinking of your 50 year minis, of years of ministry, which were 50 years with this style of God. What does that mean, Jesse? See, that's so ambiguous. Ambiguity. The Pope of ambiguity. Yeah. 50 years of closeness, of compassion, and of tenderness. Thank you, Sister Jeanine, for all your closeness, compassion, and tenderness. Pope Francis wrote, and in May, Father James Martin who was perhaps the most notorious promoter of homosexual acceptance in the church, sent a letter with questions about practicing LGBT Catholics to Pope Francis, who responded in a note saying that God is father and he does not disown any of his children. In August, Pope Francis praised Father Martin for promoting the culture of encounter, continuing this way, being close, compassionate, and full of tenderness. 
As if that weren't enough, Pope Francis met with Father Martin in person at the Vatican for 45 minutes in November. It was a warm, inspiring, and encouraging meeting that I'll never forget Father Martin tweeted. And let me just back up and say, did did Cardinal Zen want to get to have a meeting with Pope Francis? And he What about the Four Dubia Cardinal? None of this. See, it's only those. See, this is what disturbs me as a rank-and-file Catholic. Say, Holy Father, please don't... Um, be uh, ambiguous about what the church is teaching. Don't give bad signals out. Confirm us in our faith by not saying, you know, here, here, this thing about uh, the culture of encounter. What about the culture of life? <laughs> encounter. Encounter sounds like a movie that, that Hollywood put out. Come on. I'm just asking. This stuff right here is not confirming us in the faith, Holy Father. We pray that you will someday do that because I'm convinced, Jesse. Now, this is a strong statement. But I'm going to be judged by how well I fulfill my duties in my state in life as a father, husband. Okay, I am. So if I if I lack on those at my judgment seat, I'm going to be condemned for not being faithful to that. Well, yes. The Holy Father has has a big responsibility to confirm us in our faith, and if that's not happening, he's going to be accountable on his judgment seat. Terry also, uh, Pope Francis canceled. Father Pavone, he's now now they call him Mr. Pavone. Yeah. But yet the Belgian bishops in Flanders, Belgium, yeah. they've established a liturgical service to blame to bless homosexual and, unions. And nothing happens to them. You see the That's contrast the point that it, yes, the Vatican has said nothing. Nothing. This is unacceptable for us as lay people. We have to speak up. That's what we're doing. And, and in fact, the the the, the bishops yeah. in Belgium, they're very confident. The Flemish Bishops uh, LGBT Rest. Outreach Project, Outreach Project, <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> that's what they call it. I know. Uh, Will, Willie Bombick, uh, I think he's a lay person that's yeah. that's heading this project. Yeah. He said that what the the bishops in Belgium are doing with these homosexual blessings, he says, "quote This work is in the spirit of our Pope." Oh, close quote. So in other words, they're saying he knows about it, and we're doing this with his blessing. That's what he's saying, Terry. Right. Well, well. Let's just be honest. Silence is if you if you're silent about something, you're agreeing with it. That's basically what happens here. Let's move on to the Pope's war on traditional Catholicism. Unlike communist China, Pope Francis has had nothing but harsh condemnation for Catholics faithful to the traditional Mass. That's true. In 2022, he continued his strong attacks against traditionalists in a speech to seminarians. In February, Pope Francis said that, that Catholics should not cultivate nostalgia for the past and close ourselves to the newness of the spirit. He ordered all traditionalist priests to celebrate a Novus Ordo Chrism Mass with the local bishop. Mm-hmm. In, May, in May, he denounced the temptation to liturgical formalism which is a banner of division that comes from the devil, the deceiver. In other words, he just said the Latin mass. That's yeah. liturgical form. And what did Benedict say? He says yeah. it comes from the devil. Yeah, but That's listen, what he just said. Benedict XVI said that something holy can't not be holy years later. You see the contrast again? It's, it's, it's black and white. It's, this is what concerns us, that we have the vigor of Christ just undermining his predecessor. And we don't, we, this is not something that's Catholic, okay? Usually what happens is you look at the, you know, the perennial teachings of the church, you see what your predecessors taught, you see how it all fits together. You don't, you know, like, like Benedict said in his statement before, you know, the Pope is not the guy that can make changes in the church. And so what... But, what we're and 
also Cardinal Ratzinger, the 1970s, and LifeSite has the article. The the article came out in 2017, but they quoted Cardinal Ratzinger in the 70s. He said, in the future, he says, there will be popes that teach mistakes, make mistakes. That's what he said. He said this in the 1970s, kind of like prophetically warning us. for 50 years later. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The article says about... uh, the Pope Francis warned traditional Catholicism. His language became even starker at an event on, Janu- on June 1st. This is incredible. He, he said this, quote, I consider it dangerous that instead of drawing from the roots in order to move forward, meaning find traditions, we step back, not going up or down, but backward. Those people call themselves guardians of traditions, but of dead traditions. That's what he called the Latin mass, yeah. dead traditions. Just the opposite. Quote. Two weeks later, in an interview with... La Civilta Católica, he attacked traditionalist groups in the church, especially in the U.S., that seek a restoration and want to gag the Second Vatican Council. He again attacked traditionalism during his trip to Canada, where he said, quote, work against healing and reconciliation. Someone once said that tradition is a living memory of believers. Traditionalism instead is the dead life of our believers. Tradition is the life of those who have gone before us and who go on. Traditionalism is their dead memory, close quote. Yet even the New York Times, in an article about the Latin Mass in the U.S., was forced to admit that it is experiencing a revival in the U.S. and is thriving despite Pope Francis's objection. And Jesse... Well, Terry, St. Paul talks a lot about yes. the, 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 the preeminence of tradition. Second yeah. Thessalonians 2.15. Exactly. Hold, Hold fast on. to the traditions which were handed on to you either by word or by letter. So I, I don't know, Terry. Yeah. You're either going to take the words of Pope Francis or St. Paul inspired by the Holy oh, yeah. Spirit. But I'm going with St. Paul. Hands down. And Jesse, what he's going to do, though, is he's going to drive people to more traditional Catholicism. <laughs> and he's also going to drive other people outside of the church. I'm meaning that because certain people are going to say, well, if it's not that important, then let's just do our own thing. And others are going to say, wait a minute, I, I know better. I've been fed by this mass. I've been fed by these perennial teachings. I'm not going to, I don't buy that. And so what we need to do is we have to have high information Catholics to know their faith so that when they see things like this, they know what to do, make reparation, pray for the Holy Father, pray for our church leaders, because the perennial teachings of the church are what we're going to go to. And I just want to just say that Pope uh, Benedict, if you remember, we read this last, I think, Wednesday, that the power, uh, he said, the power of Christ conferred upon Peter and the successors is not an absolute sense a man, it's, it's an absolute sense of mandate to serve, but he said the power of teaching and the church involves a commitment to the service of obedience to the faith, okay? The Pope is not an absolute monarch whose thoughts and desires are law. That's what I think is important here. On the contrary, the Holy Father, Pope Benedict, says, the Pope's ministry is in the guidance of obedience to who? Jesus Christ and to his word. See, Jesse, this is the word of God we have to go to. He must not proclaim his own ideas, but rather constantly bind himself and the church to obedience to God's word in the face of every attempt to adapt it or water it down in every form of opportunism. Holy Father, right now, please take the advice of your predecessor because this is a warning from Pope Benedict not to go in that direction. Yeah, uh, again, uh, January 9, 2017, LifeSite News, it says, the future Pope Benedict warned in the early 1970s that popes might make pronouncement 
that were inconsistent with Catholic Church's authentic and historic doctrine, which would necessitate criticism of those pronouncements. So Cardinal Ratzinger said lay people based on Canon 212 and and, and CCC 907, lay people have the right obligation and duty to confront their sacred pastors when they're going off the rails, Terry, when they are teaching things that are not part of the deposit of faith. Exactly. And the reason the deposit of faith is so big with me, (laughs) that's what my license plates on my truck say. (laughs) Jude 1-3. It says, contend for the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. Jude 1-3, my truck here in Arizona. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about how... How are we going to deal with all this corruption in the church? I'll tell you how. By giving your life to Jesus Christ and his bride to church. We'll stay with us. We'll be right back. Merry Christmas. If you don't know who I am, well, the Virgin Most Powerful Radio, Santa Claus. I always listen, and so should you. How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance, or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org, or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. (laughs) Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Love it. That's how we do what we do. We do it in the spirit of God because he lives in us. 
So why are we Catholic Christians? I'll tell you why. Because the Son of God, Jesus Christ, came down to planet Earth. Amen. And he's a king. He demonstrated his kingship by 36 miracles, 27 exorcisms. He had power over nature, born of a virgin, and ultimately died on the cross. But a lot of people died on crosses. Mm-hmm. Tens of thousands. The Assyrians, the Carthaginians, uh, the uh, Greeks, the Romans, the Persians. Yep. T- hundreds of thousands of people died on crosses. And so what makes Jesus so special? He's the only one that rose from the dead. <laughs> That's why. Big difference. Yeah, man. None of the Spartans rose from the dead that were pinned on crosses. And nobody else, Terry, this is why Jesus Christ of Nazareth is a household name, because he's alive. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is not only the king of the Jews, he's not only the king of Israel, but the Bible says he's the king of righteousness, he's the king of the ages, he's the king of heaven, he's the king of glory, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why we follow him as Catholics. He's our king. He's not a president, he's not a governor, he's not a senator, he's not a mayor, he's not a sheriff, he's not the chief of police. He's a sovereign king. My question is... Yes. Do you know him? Amen. Terry and me, we hope that you know him and open your heart to him and surrender your life to him. You know why? Because Jesus' love, it has no limit. It's limitless. And you know what? His mercy, it's enduring. It's forever. And his patience is steadfast. Jesus Christ, he's immortally graceful. Jesus Christ is impurely powerful. Jesus Christ is impartially merciful. My question is, do you know him? Open your heart to him. Call his name right now. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus is the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. Why? Because he's God's son. He's a sinner savior. And that's what we need. We are sinners and sinners are in need of a savior. Jesus Christ is the center of all civilization. He's unparalleled in what he's done in his teachings and his miracles. He's unprecedented. There's nobody like him. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of all true theology. And guess what? He's the only one qualified to be your savior. Why? Because he's a son of God and he rose from the dead. And my question is, do you know him? Jesus, he supplies strength for the weak. Jesus is available for those that are tempted and tried. Jesus sympathizes and he saves us and he strengthens us and he sustains us and he guards us and he guides us and he heals the sick and he cleanses the leper. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meanger I wonder if you know him that's the question that's the key to life Jesus is the key to all knowledge he's the wellspring of wisdom he's the doorway of deliverance he's the pathway of peace he's the Lord of liberation he's the roadway to righteousness he's the highway to holiness he's the gateway to glory the question is my brother Catholic and my sister do you know him His life is matchless. 
His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Oh, I wish I could describe him to you. <laughs> Jesse, Jeez. you get me so pumped up, man. <laughs> I, I knocked off 10 push-ups when you were doing that, bro. And, and, and I mean it because this, how do we meet Jesus Christ? I'll tell you, the hidden Jesus is in the Eucharist. Yes. If we Catholics believe, like a priest friend of mine said, if we actually believe that Christ is present in that Eucharist, why aren't we there visiting him? Can I make a New Year's resolution right now? Make a daily, uh, no, a weekly holy hour. Uh, last night we spent three hours praying for our Pope and priests and bishops. Every Thursday when we can here at our chapel, what do we do? We spend time before our Eucharistic King. So uh, Jesse's talking about do you know him? I'll tell you how the best way to meet him. There's two ways. Read your Bible in front of the Blessed Sacrament, yeah. okay? Oh, bingo. That's it. Get your, your beads out, pray your rosary, just talk to Jesus. Get to have a personal relationship with him. And how much more personal, Jesse, is it than receiving his body, blood, soul, and divinity in Holy Communion? And how do we do that? Well, we take the time. I'm going to ask you a question, and that is, tell me what you do with your time, and I'll tell you who you are. Yeah. Yeah, spend at least once a week before our Lord for a holy hour, and I guarantee it'll change your relationship with God. And when people throw things at you and say, oh, you're going to die, you're gonna, the world's coming you in, you're like, you know what, as long as I live in the state of grace and I do my duty in my life, you know what, I'm not worried about that because life is short, eternity is forever. But when you don't have Jesus in your life, anything scares the hell out of you. Yes? That's right. And, uh, and, and Terry, as Catholics... There's a, all of us are going to need Jesus in this regard. I'll, t I'll tell you, everybody's going to die. You think? And when you die, you don't call AAA. Nope. You don't call uh, your 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 tax man. Nope. You don't attorney. call nope. your, your you know your attorney. Nope. You don't call the dentist. You know what you who you call or you better call when you're dying. The Savior. Amen. There's only one Savior of the human race, and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Right. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He raised a widow's son in the town of Nain from the dead. He raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. And <laughs> guess what? He can raise you from the dead as well. Here are the facts Jesus Christ, his tomb is empty. He's the triumphant, risen Jesus Christ. This is why anybody who talks about Jesus, who died over 2,000 years ago, nobody has ever referred to Jesus as the late Jesus. No, <laughs> not even the heathens. Not even the, not, nowhere in history do people say the late great Jesus. Nowhere. You know why? They don't refer to him in the past tense. Because he's alive. He's living. Here are the facts. Confucius is dead and his tomb is occupied. Don't follow him. He can't do nothing for you. Buddha's dead. Muhammad's dead. Abraham's dead. The founder of every religion, they're dead. And their tomb is occupied with their body. Catholics don't follow a dead man. They can't do nothing for you. Guess what? Jesus' tomb is empty. Jesus is the triumphant risen Christ. He's the Lord of history. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as Catholics, 
He's coming back one day. He's coming back. Don't be caught off guard. When he comes back, I hope he looks at you and says, well done, my good and faithful service. I don't want for anybody listening to this radio show for Jesus to come back and catch you sleeping and him say, be gone, you evil servant. I never knew you. Here's a great prayer to pray. Jesus and Mary and St. Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, assist me in my last agony. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, may I sleep and take my rest in peace with you. Remember, St. Maximilian Colby talked about the three stages of life. Everybody, yes, first stage, your formation. Get to know Christ. Without that, you won't get to the second or third stage and have it right. The second stage is your apostolate. What has God called you? Jesse and I are married men. We have families, we have grandchildren, do our duty in our state and life. And the third stage, and Jess has already been in it for about a year or two. No, yeah, his health, and that's suffering. That's the last stage of life, Jess. We, you got, mm-hmm. uh, so we have to be able to understand that life is short and eternity is forever. Wrap it up, Jess. Well, I'll give Fulton Sheen the last words. Yeah. He talks about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ, and he gives us a fourfold criteria that we can understand that there's nobody like Jesus. Number one, he's the only person that was ever pre-announced. Check. Nobody has ever been pre-announced. Everybody else has just been born into the world without notice, without being foretold or predicted. Number two, yep. no founder of any major religion is essential to that religion. For example, Buddha's not essential to Buddhist. Confucius is not essential to Confucianism. Abram is not essential to Jew, Jew right. and Muhammad is not essential to Islam, but Christ is essential to Christians, to Christianity, because the only religion that requires a personal, intimate relationship with their founder is Christianity. Number three, of all the religions, only Christ, of all the religious founders, excuse yes, me, founders, yes. only Christ performed miracles and exorcisms. And this authenticates his message and authenticates that he's the son of God. And number four, the founder of a religion cannot teach anything that goes against human reason. Many of the other founders of all these other religions that I've just mentioned have taught things that are immoral or unreasonable or diabolic. Well, guess what? Jesus Christ, his teachings comport with human reason. The founder of our faith teaches us, yes, we must have faith, but everything that he teaches us comports with human reason. This is what makes Jesus Christ unique. He is God who became a man, and this is the most important event in human history, the most amazing event, Mm -hmm. that God walked upon the earth. Mm. This is either, he's either God or he's a liar. Yep. Take your pick. Terry Barber and me have chosen a long time Amen. ago what we believe. Amen. And Jesse, this is why we do what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We want to thank you, our listeners. We don't thank you enough, I think. And I want to take this moment here to say thanks for helping us have the platform for Virgin Most Powerful Radio to offer this worldwide to any Catholic station, any platform, whether it's LifeSite News, whoever wants it. We're going to give it to you because we want the message to get out. But we couldn't do it without you. Your financial support is very helpful. Go to vmpr.org. Seriously, consider being a monthly donor. That's how we pay our monthly bills. Jesse, my final thought, and it's the question I ask every single day on the radio, what state should we be living in, brother? 
live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. We're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. As the Bible says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Terry. And remember, we talked about all the corruption in the church. Our Lady of Fatima predicted a lot of this, okay? With the Eucharist, all the things. But she said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. Let's pray for our Pope. Let's pray for our Pope, our bishops and priests. Let's pray for our families. Make reparation for sacrileges that are going on in the church and outside the church because we know our prayers are efficacious in bringing souls to Christ. So participate. Don't be depressed about the problems in the world. Lift it up to Christ because with Christ we can conquer the world for Jesus Christ. May God bless you and your family. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, 